Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 51st edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. Very lucky to be joined today by a good mate of mine, midfielder, who had two spells at Wolves. His first spell was 90, between 1972 and 1975, where he made 82 appearances. Then he come back in the dark days of the late 80s, between 86 and 88, and made a further 14 appearances. In total, 96 appearances and eight goals, Barry Powell. Barry, how are you, my friend? I'm very good, thanks, Jason. How are you? I, I'm not too bad at all, Barry. I'm all, I know I've been trying to get this interview over the line for a, for a few weeks because you've been busy. Um, and uh, to be honest, when I put it on social media, you was coming on, Barry. You know, a lot of people want to hear your story because you're obviously still fondly remembered um, from your time at the club and, and obviously having two spells. Um so what we'll do, we're going to rewind the clock now, Barry, to where it all started, because I believe you, you're obviously locally born in Kenilworth. And how did you get spotty, uh, spotted by Wolves uh, and, and become an apprentice? Well, that's the strange one, really, because my first club was Stoke City. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> I started obviously early as a child. My dad was on the verge of becoming a professional footballer. He was at Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, got two Welsh caps um, while he was at Cardiff, uh, schoolboy caps and, and, and a youth cap. And then he decided that he wanted to go away on holiday and he was on the back of a tandem going into Barry Island, funny enough. Right. And uh, the pedal, that he was, he was on, a, on with a mate of his, and, and the pedal hit the kerb and they both went up over the top and my dad fractured his skull, which finished his playing career. Oh. And he was on his way to QPR. Oh, that's terrible. So, yeah, well, you know, and he always sort of put that into me, you know, you, your career can be over in, in a second. Yes. So, yeah, so all of a sudden, um, I started playing football, obviously, because of my dad. And then I had a call. I'd, I'd be about 10, 11 from Stoke City. Yeah. And uh, I used to travel to Stoke for every school holiday uh, and train with the team. I'd be 11 then. And I actually got invited to Sir Stanley Matthews' testimonial. Wow. Which had players... Um, in there, like um, Lev Yashin, the goalkeeper. Um, and I, well, I got invited into the dressing room as well, and I had an autograph book and filled the <laughs> autograph book. Yeah. And here we are, after all my travels around the world, I can't find the damn thing. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that people like Francisco Hento and Di Stefano and all them and I went into the dressing room so wow. that really gave me the biggest buzz that I'd had oh, I can believe it and then so Stoke City was my first club and then out of the blue um, round about the same time I had a knock on the door one night and it, it was a wolf scout right and I said well I can't talk to you because um, I'm already at Stoke City he said, okay, so he went away and he, he came back. He said, you're not with Stoke City because you haven't signed anything. 
because you'd sign what they call a schoolboy form at that particular time. Yeah. And obviously, well, what, what had happened was Stoke uh, City had said that they'd signed me on a on a schoolboy form, but they hadn't registered it with the Football Association. Okay. So that left me to go to Stoke and to go to Wolves. And uh, I, I went to Wolves with a mate of mine. My dad used to drop us off at Coventry Station and we used to make our own way, things that you can't do nowadays. Yeah. Um, we used to make our way from Coventry on the train, change at Birmingham and wander down to uh, to Molyneux from, from the station and then go back uh, uh, and, and and travel home. Well, my mate only lasted a couple of weeks and he, he left me on my own, so... <laughs> he had enough, he, he had enough, yeah. I, you know, and I thought he was a better player than I was, but, uh, you know, he couldn't stand, you know, the, 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 the travelling and, yeah. and, and really the intensity of some of the training. He couldn't stand. But I really enjoyed it at Wolves and I had a decision to make then. Do I go to Wolves? Do I go to Stoke? Um, and I, I, I went to Wolves, I was happy to sign at Wolves um, in 1969, I think it was, as an apprentice professional. Wow, and then you made your debut, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, March the 10th, 1973 versus Crystal Palace. I mean, look Barry, at that point, uh, you know, you're a young man, I believe you're 19. Um, you know, how did you get told and was you nervous and, you know? Yeah, um in fact, there's a nice little story about that because when, we, when I went to Wolves, obviously the first team players, um, these, I'm talking about training now, yeah. the first team players would get changed in the first team dressing room. Yeah. The reserve players and youth players used to get changed in the away team dressing room. And I always used to walk up and I always used to try and sit in the first team dressing room. But this one morning I went in, it was on a Friday morning, and uh, one of the one of the other lads come racing down and said, "Baz, you're on the first team sheet. You're on the first team sheet." Because they used to pin the sheet up. Yeah. The squad, the two squads, the first team and the reserves. I said, "Well, I said, I said you can't be that. Can't be on there because they're going away. They're going away Saturday where they were playing Crystal Palace and then playing Chelsea on the." No, they're playing Chelsea on the Saturday, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Crystal Palace on the Tuesday. Um, so anyway, I went and had a look. I'm, I'm on the bottom of the team sheet and I thought, well, I'm going to go in to clean the boots and <laughs> make sure the kit's all right and this, that, the other. And obviously we were away for a few days, so I had to take a suit and, and everything. So off I went. And uh, true to form for the Chelsea game, I changed all the studs, um, made sure the kit was ready, this, that and the other, and then we moved from one part of London to a place nearer to Crystal Palace for the Tuesday game, and on the morning of the game, um, Bill, named, Bill McGarry named me a substitute for the, for the game. Wow. Well, I've never seen anything like it, I mean, I got on for 20 minutes. And I mean, I could run. That's one of the things I could do. I could run. Um, and, and, you know, I never had a kick for 20 minutes. <laughs> you didn't even touch the ball. Well, probably once. Oh. Because it was like a pinball machine. It was so quick with what I was used to. Yeah. 
you know, in Central League football and youth football. I mean, it was so quick, it was incredible. And I, and I thought to myself, God, that's a, that's an eye-opener for me. I know what to do now, or know what to be prepared for. And then we came back on the Wednesday, and uh, then I made me full Davy versus West Brom at home. That's right, yeah, I did see that. I mean, that is a real baptism of fire, isn't it, Barry? Well, it was after two minutes, because I got an elbow after two minutes. and we. In fact, there were two of us down. I don't know who the other one was. Um, but I ended up being treated by the Duke. <laughs> because the, because <laughs> the, the actual physio was already on the field attending somebody. And I'd, split, I'd got a split lip from an elbow, and the Dukes grabbed a sponge bless him and he's uh, and he's treating me oh brilliant that, I mean to be honest the dude could do everything couldn't he I mean later in his career obviously chaired the PFA wrote books etc yeah, so yeah, look he, yeah. he could be a physio too but back to that first game Barry from your point of view I suppose yes the dream debut is getting involved and you know touching the ball a few times but also you don't want to make any mistakes so I suppose it's a bit of a blessing in disguise isn't it <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. You don't get a touch, you can't make a mistake, can you? Hey, well, that, that's the way I'd look at it. <laughs> I mean, right at the end of that season, Barry, obviously you, you, your first season as a, as a professional at Wolves, uh, came the FA, I mean, it was a great FA Cup run, it culminated in a semi-final at Main Road versus Leeds where we lost 1-0. Yep. I mean, look, listen, you're yep. a young man at that point. How disappointing <clears> is it, though, to, to get that far in a competition knowing that you're in touching distance of Wembley and lose? I wasn't. I was disappointed, obviously. And if you'd have seen the dressing room, you'd cry, it was it was incredible because we played quite well on that day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've had one that's hit the post and come back. I think we scored one, and there was one offside and what have you. Uh, and I think we all felt that we should have got something out of the game. And a lot of a lot of Wolves fans will probably remember me because of this because I missed a chance during the game. Right. Um. I think it was in the first half, early in the first half, and I made a run through the middle, and Kenny Ibbitt played me a fantastic ball into the box, just, well, on the edge of the box. So I've had, I've had a little look, and the keeper started to come out, and I thought, right, I'll bend it round him first time. I bent it round it first time, and didn't quite catch hold of it as well as I'd have liked. Um, but he got down and saved it, and... People said, oh, Barry Powell's cost us the FA Cup semi-final, blah, 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 blah. Um, but when I'd look, I wouldn't look at it for years and years and years. Yeah. And then one day I thought, all of a sudden I'm going through YouTube and this, that, and the other, and got the semi-final on, so I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that. And it wasn't as bad as what I looked, not what I said, what I saw. Um, and I did always, you always think it's worse than, than what it is. So, but I, yeah, we, we were disappointed. I was disappointed, obviously, um, to get to a semi-final in the FA Cup. I think it was it was only about my sixth or seventh game. Wow! I know I wasn't too far in, and there were sort of you know fifty six thousand people um, in the stadium. Wow! Uh, at Main Road. Um, and it was a fantastic experience, of course. Uh, and obviously, you know, stood me in good stead for whatever happened afterwards. And Barry, you can't really beat yourself up for that, because yes, it's easy on the occasion. Look, you, you know, you look at it as missing a chance, which you did. And you know, as a young man, it can really get to you, really affect you, really affect your game. And at the time, you think, why didn't I score? But then, when you look back at it years later, it clearly wasn't the the, the chance that it presented itself as. And look. 
But listen, Barry, a year later, you made full amends for that. Um, you, which, uh, listen, I've got it. Back in those days, obviously, it was only one sub. Um, yeah. And you was named the sub for the 1974 League Cup final against Manchester City. 97,886 there. Now, Barry, the reality is, right, uh, you come on at 83 minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, for, for Dave Wagstaff. Now, yep. d- how did, you know, when did uh, Bill McGarry tell you he was coming on? Because, for example, Colin Brazy never got on in the 1980 League Cup final. And that, that to this day, still haunts him a little bit. So, were you yeah. sitting there on the bench thinking, I want to get on, I want to get on? Well, leading up to that, Phil Parks had got an injury, hence Gary Pearce coming into the team. Yes. Um, and Phil Parks and I were both injured leading up to that, because I'd been in the team regularly. Yeah. And I'd done knee ligaments, and Phil had done an ankle, I think. And the players set off, I think, on Monday or Tuesday for Worthing, down nearer, closer to Wembley. Yeah. And Phil and I were scheduled to play in a match that would determine whether we would play in the, final, in the League Cup final or not. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I thought it was in the Central League game against Blackpool, I think, at home. Yeah. And we both played. I came through okay. Uh, Phil didn't. So Phil obviously wasn't part of the squad. I travelled down with Bill McGarry. Uh, and a reporter from the Daily Express um, on the train, travelled down to Worthing on the Tuesday, um, and Bill toddled off to the toilet, and I said to the reporter, has he said anything to you? And he he said that you're not coming down just for the trip. So I knew on the Tuesday leading up to the game that I wasn't coming down for the trip and I would be part of the 12. Brilliant. Um, there was lots of stuff flying about whether Kenny was going to come out or whether Alan Sullivan was going to come out and I was going to go in or what have you but I think Bill uh, made the right decision in in the end because of the fact that I was just recovering really from a knee injury and um, if you can, if if you look back on that, you can see that I actually entered the field of play with a with a, a white bandage <laughs> sticking out from the top of my socks, which is a stupid thing to do. But you know, it, it happens. But yeah, I got on for thirty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty odd minutes yeah. for Waggy. Um, fantastic experience. Uh, again, you know, just walking out at Wembley um, is an experience in itself. Right. But if you'd have seen the dressing room afterwards, you would never have thought that we'd won the League Cup. Because you've got people that are so exhausted, because yes. the pitch at them, them days would, would sort of sap your energies. Um, and you've got people lying on the floor. Wow. Um, just recovering. And it clearly means, Barry, that you guys gave your all that day. Um, and, and that was indicative, I think, as well in the... You know, we, we went into both League Cup finals, 74 and 80, as, as underdogs, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But listen, Barry, you made your mark because you come on and a few minutes later, John Richard scores the winner. <laughs> Did I get an assist for that? Oh, you must have done. You must have done. <laughs> I could claim that for an assist, Barry. Hey, of course you Just... I mean... Getting onto the pitch. So you, obviously you get on, and then Wolves score. I mean, you're thinking, you know, you, you, your name's on the trophy, then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I think you know, at the time we we were under a little bit of pressure because I think 
you know, we played so well in the first half and and Monroe, McCall, um, Bailey, fantastic. Yeah. I, I look back at it on occasions, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think they were tiring a little bit. Waggy obviously were getting a little bit tired as well at that time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was a it was a fantastic experience and and to be part of it uh, and put down on your list that you've won an FA League Cup trophy. Yeah. It, it is a fantastic thing. And have you still got your tankard, Barry? I have. Good, good, good. I've got, I've got them all. I've got them all. All the, Whatever I've won through football, I've got. I, I mean, I've even got the shirt. It's a pity we're not doing it on the, the thing because I've even got the shirt that I've actually played in. Oh, right. Um, I've got that uh, put in a... Um, all framed up. A little shelf and all framed up. Oh, and all wow. ready to go. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, look. Barry, memories like that you just can't take away. And you, you look, you've mentioned some players there: Kenny Ebbets, uh, Frank Monroe, Mike Bailey, John Richards. I mean, yeah. what what is it like to play with these players? Because you know, I mean, you as a midfielder. I mean, with Kenny Ebbets and Mike Bailey. I mean, it's just it must make yeah, the job I mean, easier, mustn't it, Barry? Playing with, with stars like that. I think with myself, I used to try and push myself a little bit to be part of the first team even even before I, I got made part of the first team I said to you I used to go up and sit in the um, in the home team dressing room while all those star players your Baileys McCall's Hibbets um, Dugans while they're all getting ready I used to hear where you can listen to what they're saying so yeah. you know I, I, I'd sort of had lots of times where I felt part of them before I even got on the pitch fantastic um, and yeah, it was great. They they were great with me. Um, Mickey Bailey in between, in, in particular, never played um, with a captain as good as he was. And when I look back at my at my career now, nearly all the clubs that I played with, my best um, performances came when I got a ball winner in the middle of the park. Yeah. And Mickey Bailey was obviously a ball winner. Yes. Um, and supplied the, the other players that, that, that um, you know were a bit further forward, and, and obviously were going to make more of an impact than he would. But he was great to play with. The Duke was great. Um, I actually um, played, I think, with Peter Knowles as well. Who oh, was wow. uh, well, Peter um, quite a. a a long time further on, came back to Molyneux when I was on the coaching staff. Yes. And he actually praised me in front of all my um, youth team, who I'm trying to educate, cleaning and changing studs on boots. He actually um, inspired me by saying, you know, what a good apprentice that I was. Yes. And they should take a leaf out of my book and... and you know, they would hopefully go on and become professional players as well. But he was great. I used to clean his boots and, and the Duke's boots. Wow. I mean, listen, when you get compliments from, from players like that, there is there is no greater compliment. And yeah. you, you played, obviously, under Bill McGarry. Um, I mean, what was what was Bill like? What was your relationship like with Bill? Because I know some, some people didn't get on with him at, the, at that period. Well, you do or you don't. Um he, I thought, for me, was fantastic because I'd left home at 15 
as an only child. Uh, so miss my mum and dad immensely. Um, then you go into a football background. Um, going in through the door, um, I was with the chief scout and he said, this is Barry Powell, Bill. Good player, but he's a bit small. <laughs> Bill never even lifted his head. He, he turned around and said, I don't give a damn how big he is as long as he's good enough. <laughs> um, and I thought that was quite refreshing to me because um, I wasn't very big. In fact, it, um, it shocked me the other week when I looked at a, a Wolves programme and I was listed nine stone four. But when I, went there at, when I went there at 15, I was only six stone odd. I haven't been flipping six stone since I was born. <laughs> well, I went. I was six stone and 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 five foot one. Um, so you know, lots of managers would not give players of that size no. um, an opportunity. No. But fair play to Bill, he did. But he was a very hard taskmaster. Yeah. You know, um, Tuesday you knew what you were going to get. Tuesday was running day. Um, Wednesday was usually off, but your running was included weight training as well. So you do your weights and then you go on runs and what have you. Yeah. I mean, I've seen players physically ill doing pre-season travelling to Cannock Chase. Oh God, no! They'd lie in the back of the they'd lie in the back of the bus feeling sick before they've even done any running. <laughs> that was before they'd run up the flipping Heartbreak Hill, whatever it's called. <laughs> But yeah, he was a hard taskmaster. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was good for me. It was my first manager, obviously, so you know I held him in high esteem. But he could be a, he, he could be a terror um, and didn't hold back. Prior to half time and the end, he'd let you know what we've done right and well, or what you know what yeah. we've done or wrong or what, what you didn't do. What you needed to do. Now at that period, Barry. Um, 1974, uh, obviously it culminated in a great year for you really, you obviously broke into the first team, won the League Cup and then I believe you got four England under 23 caps as well. Yeah, um, Scotland twice, once at Aberdeen, um, once at the Villa and then Czechoslovakia at Crystal Palace. And Portugal at the Stadium of Light in Portugal, Benfica. Wow. I mean, for you, Barry, you, you know, like you said, you, you, at first you're a bit homesick, you miss your parents, and, and within yeah. a few years, you know, you've literally got the world at your feet. I mean, it, it obviously makes all the sacrifices worthwhile, but what what an honour is it to, to, to play for, for England? Um, fantastic. It, it's, I mean, I, I had a bit of a dilemma, which... I mentioned you prior to coming on here that yeah. I got selected for two countries by virtue of my mum and dad both being Welsh. Yeah, I got um, I had a phone call one evening, um, and it was a Welsh. Uh, uh, it was a reporter from Wales um, saying that you know they're going to put you in the Welsh squad to play against England under 23s at uh, at Bristol. Um, what do you, what's your thoughts? And I said, well, I don't really want to say anything at the moment until I know officially about it and yep. what have you. So anyway, Bill McGarry called me in and said that, you know, what do you think? I said, well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. He said, well, I'm saying to you, you should hold back. Anyway, this reporter had put in the press that I'd already selected to play for Wales. 
Bill got me in the following day and he gave me a right rundown for choosing Wales. But I hadn't chosen Wales. I'd said to the reporter, I'm not going to make a decision until yeah. I know, you know, what it's all about. Anyway, the next thing is, I mean, Bill's had me in, he's given me a right rollicking. And I thought, you know, I probably won't get anywhere now because I got pulled out of the Welsh squad. Um, anyway, Sir Alf Ramsey had watched me play at Leeds, I think it was, and selected me in his under-23 squad. Brilliant. To play against Wales at Bristol, um, which was fantastic, <laughs> to put on an England shirt. Yeah. Um, and, and they actually, I mean, what they did was pull me out of the squad because I'd already played just 10 minutes as a youth international right. for England v Scotland at Villa Park and got on for 10 minutes, but you don't even get a cap. Right. So I could have gone through uh, an international playing career and, and not even got a cap. Oh. <laughs> but I've got three now that I'm very sort of proud of. I've got them up as well. They're not far from me, Wolves shirt. They don't take precedence. The Wolves shirt takes the precedence. Oh, so. I mean, Barry, you know, to, to, to have mementos like that from such a great career, obviously, and it's always nice to look back on. And that's the beauty, like you mentioned earlier about YouTube, where... You know, the world we're in with, with social media and, uh, you know, you can just go back to these and, and see these clips and it must be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I'm very proud when I walk into my dining room, I must admit, I've got them on show. and I should be. Um, I'm, quite, I'm quite proud of them. Oh, well, Barry, be very proud. Now, in, in 1975, you did leave Wolves. Um, and... Uh, what was strange for me was, um, you know, I'm sure there was a host of English clubs uh, lining up for you, but you ended up uh, stateside in, in Portland Timbers. I mean, how did that move come about, Barry, and how sad was you to leave Wolves? Well, I hadn't, I hadn't left Wolves at that period. Okay. Um, Portland Timbers were a newly formed team um, in the United States, and uh, it was managed by Vic Crow, ex-Villa... Uh, yeah. Uh, manager and there was one or two players uh, Jimmy Kelly and Chris Dangerfield um, and Peter With who had spoke to Vic Crow and had agreed to go out there and Peter said to me why don't you see if you can come out I went to see Bill McGarry and in no uncertain terms he told me to leave his room yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I went back to, to have a shower and Sammy Chum and that was in the shower and this was a bit later on now and Sammy said go and see because Peter and I both went to see Bill McGarry at the same time oh no sorry, sorry Phil Parks and I went yeah. to see Bill McGarry at the same time and he, he shoved us both out the, the room um, and Sammy Chum a bit later on said to me go and see him again Bas he said because he might let you go for a bit of experience so I went up again and he came to, he, he came out and he said, I've been thinking, he said, it might not be a bad idea if you if you did go because it might help you grow up. <laughs> that was good of him. <laughs> so I ended up going to the States and I, I'm not kidding you. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, we're 45 years on now and Portland Timbers was a set, um, um a first year team in 1975 and we reached the soccer ball final wow um i actually went back we, we actually got beat 
uh, in the final. Um, but I actually went back in 1981. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't right, the yeah. same. Yeah. It wasn't the same, but it was still nice to go back. And 45 years old. Last year, I received a, received a phone call um, from Portland that I'd been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh wow! In Oregon, which is the state yeah, that yeah, Portland, yeah, Portland is Oregon. in. So all the players that played in that final have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Brilliant. So, you know, that's another thing. It's a, it's a smaller thing that lots of people wouldn't hear about, but, you know, a fantastic tribute, you oh. know, again, to, to, to what I've achieved. And, Barry, you joined Coventry, well, Portland Timbers, uh, and then it was Coventry Derby, then back to Portland. I was just going to ask, at Coventry, who did you support growing up? Um, I support... Uh, I don't, really, I don't really know whether I supported anybody, to be fair. I was going to say, because you were I, born in Kenilworth, I thought you might have supported Coventry. No, Was that I a bit of a dream move for you? Well, I, I went on trial at Coventry as well, as a youngster. Yeah. Bearing in mind, I was six, six stone one. Uh, ringing wet. And, and, and five, sorry, five, and five foot one. Yeah. And, and in my trial, they played me at centre-half <laughs> and, and right back. Great. <laughs> so um, anyway, when I come back from Portland, I went back to Wolves initially. Right. But then Wolves sold me to Coventry for seventy-five grand. So it was like coming home, really. Yes. So I came home to to Coventry, and I had four years at Coventry, seventy-five to seventy-nine. Yeah. Um, I think I made something like hundred and sixty appearances scoring about 27 goals so I had a good time under Gordon Milne at Coventry um, but then I had two offers to go to Derby County yeah one offer to go to Derby County and an offer to go to Newcastle United to my old manager and Wolves old manager Bill McGarry okay and for some reason I don't know I didn't <laughs> I didn't get a chance to talk to Bill. I was supposed to meet him at one of the Coventry City um, annual dues, but he never turned up. Um, and apparently he put a bit of £250,000 in for me. Yeah. And Derby County uh, had been £350,000 for me to replace Archie Gemmell. Right. So I never got a chance to talk to Bill. Um, so that sounded as if it was off. I wish it had been back on because I have to say that I hated my time at Derby County Football Club. Oh, really? Nothing to do with the club, nothing to do with the manager, Colin Addison, who was fantastic. Um, just the surface, the playing surface the at the baseball, baseball ground. ground. Oh, my... I mean, if you... I, well, <laughs> it makes... I, I mean, I look back now at Archie Gemmell, who was probably smaller than I was. But he used to get round. He could manage it. And I used to keep thinking, why the hell can't I manage it? I mean, why can't I manage that, it? That, that pitch, Barry, if you look on YouTube videos now, oh my, I mean, it's like a car park. I mean, it was just oh, covered no. in sand and mud and it, it, it was renowned for being a, an awful pitch. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was awful. And I, I couldn't handle it. And after three years, they... Um, they give me well, one of the one of the years I went on loan again to Portland Timbers, 1981, yes. and then in 1982, 
Um, they gave me a free transfer, and I toddled off to China. <laughs> well, this is interesting because we did Dave Jones' podcast, the former Wolves manager, a few months back, and, and yeah. Dave played for Seiko. Um, now, I know there was links with Coventry at the time because Dave played for Coventry, went to Seiko, you went to Bolivar, and Seiko yeah. and Bolivar are both watchmakers who were brothers, and they'd compete yeah. to try and get the best teams, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they would. Brilliant. In fact, the, the owner of Bolivar that I went to used to own Seiko. Right. And he gave it to his brother as a present because <laughs> his brother could did. never win anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That was the story that was coming out. Um, so, yeah, I, I went and sp spent some time. And really, uh, a lot of, certainly the Bolivar and the Chinese connection was really down to uh, Tommy Hutchison, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tommy and I played together at Coventry and, and hit it off. I know he used to slug me off for lots of the balls that I'd make him chase. But, you know, wherever he went, because Bolivar was his first port of call after after Man City, I think. But then I, I went with him to Burnley and Swansea after that. Yeah. Um, so I followed Tom around a little bit because we we sort of hit it off in terms of me providing him passes in a wide area. Um, then, plus the fact we got on well as well off the field, it was great. So, you after, know. After Burnley and Swansea, uh, you, went, you went back to China, didn't you, Barry? You just couldn't keep away from the place? Well, I went back to the so-called Manchester United then of, of, of Hong Kong, right. which was South China. Um, and then I developed a bit of a problem I'd got, and I think it probably come through playing in China on all the hard grounds. I had an Achilles tendon problem. Right. So I had to get that operated on. So I got that uh, sorted out and got myself fit again. And then I started talking to, would you believe, Wolverhampton Wanderers again? Well, look, this is the bit I love very really because um, obviously, you know, we, we, we just joked about, you know, going back to, to, to China. Coming back to Wolves, what, what, what amazes me about this is, Barry, um, all the glories at Wolves, you know, FA Cup semi-final, League Cup victory, the players rolled off the tongue. Then all of a sudden you're back at Wolves and this club now is almost unrecognisable. The crowds are dilapidated, you know, to, 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 yeah. to a few thousand. The, the, the stadium's dilapidated in terms of there's only two stands open. You must have thought, what have I walked into here? Well, I actually phoned because I'd had a problem. I'd, you know, I'd been off the radar a bit because it, obviously I'd been in, in China and I'd been, you know, in, in a lot of clubs that... Um, Bolivar as well, you know, in China, and I, I was ringing round clubs really, and I rung Brian Little, who was the manager at Wolves at the time. Yeah. Um, and we set up a meeting. He said, "Look," he said, "I'll put you on a two-week trial. We'll, we'll have a little look at you, see what your fitness levels like, and what have you, and then we'll take it from there." I said, "Great, thanks a lot." So I went in. I, I did two training sessions, and, and Brian got the sack. <laughs> So the next thing is, now Graham Turner comes in, so I went to see Graham um, and had a chat with Graham, who was great. He said, look, just carry on with your two-week thing and we'll have a look. Um, and they set up a game versus uh, West Brom at youth level, but played me. I think I was, oh, oh, I must have been 29, something like that, I suppose, then. Yeah. Um, um, and set up a game. I played in the game and... and 
and Graham, Graham was there, watched the game. Uh, and on the Saturday night, it was on a Saturday, on the Saturday night I went home and I got a phone call from, would you believe, Hong Kong. <laughs> would I go out to Hong Kong to play in a game against Manchester United? Right. They have games over there, you know, they have these, they invite teams over and they play games and, and what have you, and, you know, they get 40,000, 50,000 people watching. So I said, well, I'm not sure because I'm talking to Wolverhampton Wonders at the moment. So I phoned Graham, told him the situation. He said, I can't give you a contract. He said, I would go to Wolverhampton, go to um, Hong Kong. Yeah. So off I toddled to Hong Kong. I was out there four days, played the game. I think we got beat by Manchester United 3-1. And uh, I came back and my phone rang and it's Graham Turner on the phone. And I think they'd just been beaten in the FA Cup by Chorley, was it? Yeah. Well, they'd just been beaten. Yeah, I think they'd just been beaten in the FA Cup by Chorley. He said, look, have you, have you got anywhere yet? He said, are you, go, are you going to Hong Kong? I said, I've been. I've come back. <laughs> It was, I said it was only for one game, so he said, "Come on over for a chat." So I went across, and um, he signed. He signed me for a year, um, and I—I uh, I think I played a few games. I played seven or eight games, or fourteen got, games. I've, yeah, I've got fourteen games. Um, yeah, and, and I yeah. Mean, there's one picture that's that's that does the rounds on social media of you covered in blood. So you literally, yeah, come, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. look, Barry, you come back <laughs> yeah. to the fight. Yeah, so I, I, that was that one with the blood was against Scunthorpe, I think it was. I was sub, right, and I was on after three minutes and off after four minutes. <laughs> Flipping yeah. it. What's his name, Holmesy? Mickey Holmes. Yeah, he's he's playing left side midfield. I'm playing right side midfield. Their keeper kicks the ball out. He's coming to me, and Holmes has come right across the park. Elbows flying and everything. Sounds right. And I end up with a cut. Yeah. And I end up with a cut. Flipping it. So that was off your own player. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's Mickey Holmes for you. I mean. To be honest, uh, Barry, what, once again, he's so interesting about this. Like I said, you've come to the club and you, you, you clearly can't recognise it. It's not what it was. And But yeah. that first year, we lost to Aldershot in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I believe you played 13 games that season. The following season was the 87-88 season where you did make one sub-appearance versus Newport at home in a 2-1 victory. But that season, we literally steamrolled the league. I mean, listen, Barry, you yeah. come back to the club, you've been playing... With Steve Ball and Andy Much, etc. Um, I mean, what? How good was that team? Because it literally steamrolled that league, didn't it? Yeah, that team was a fantastic team. Um, and as you said, you know, the the club was really almost at the state of falling down. Yeah, we'd got no training facilities, and we'd got nothing there. We used to train on the car park. Yes, I remember. I mean, I used to look a good player on there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great. But still couldn't get a game. That was for the baseball ground days, that was Barry. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Bull and Much, obviously, they're the two that people will talk about. Yes. Um, they, they were, you know, um, goals galore, wasn't it? You know, you, you, you set them off. Because they'd run all day, the two of them. Both very similar players would like to run channels, but you know they'd be in the box when the balls were coming in as well. But they had some good, they had some good players there at that particular time. Um, and I then was sort of going because I, I think I spent a year, maybe two years, as a player. But out of the blue, Graham Turner said to me, "Can you coach?" 
well, of course. I, I mean, I hadn't got any coaching badges, but I said, yeah, of course I can coach. Yeah. Because you remember, you know, through your career, you remember sessions and how to take sessions and this, that, and the other. So it coincided um, with Gary Pendry going to Birmingham. Gary Pendry went to Birmingham and I took over his role. Yes. So I would go with the youth team in the morning and then drive to wherever Wolves were playing in the afternoon and sit on the bench. Brilliant. And I remember we played one home game. and we, we, Well, we'd, we'd go in at half-time and, and Graham would do the team talk and what have you. And he had a go at Bully one of these days. Why don't you finish with your left foot, Bully? This uh, Bully has a go about, well, you never do any work with me. You never do this, never do that. So we took him down the race course one afternoon. Yeah. And we hammered him with his left foot. <laughs> Absolutely hammered him. He was knackered. So anyway, he, he come off the we, we played uh, I think we were playing Scunthorpe at home and he's got one. It's 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 hit him on the chest, it's bound down bounced down to his left side and all of a sudden bang and he's hit it and it's wobbled in the stanchion at the back. So he's come to, he's come running to us. Pointed a finger. I've told you. I've told you a little bit of work, and I'm all right. right. Do you and know it what that is? It was absolutely phenomenal. A really interesting stat about uh, Steve Ball is his 306 goals over 100 were with his left foot. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a player who's right-footed. That could be another assist for me. Well, listen, Barry. Listen, you was <laughs> responsible for half of them. Do you know what though? <laughs> 306 goals, 100 with his left foot, yet he's, yeah. right, he's left-handed, but he plays golf. And Sorry, yeah, he, he, he plays, he's a, he's a right-footed player and he <clears> plays <throat> golf with his right hand and signs autographs with his left hand. So, listen, yeah. you never knew what he was getting from Bully. What I was going to say, he's always been awkward. Yes, he has. <laughs> I mean, but then, um, it was such a successful time. Barry, because so did you and Graham just hit it off because you know you could see that yes it gelled on the pitch but it also you could see how it gelled off the pitch as well. Yeah, I think I think we got on okay. Graham and I. I mean, Graham was a fantastic uh, guy who'd obviously managed at a higher level, and it, it, it was an, a, um, an area really that I, I was sort of interested on doing. I missed the playing terribly, um, but. I think the next best thing is is coaching and managing, 100%. Uh, and he's given me the opportunity as a coach. So I, you know, I thank him for that. Um, I really enjoyed it, and yes, we were successful. Um, what was it? Fourth division championship, yeah. third division championship, yeah. Sherpa on the man, bounce. yeah, um, on the bounce. And I think we got to a level then, didn't we? That things needed to change if we were yes. going to go into the first division. Um, you know, things needed to change, and uh, I mean, certainly from my perspective, um, uh, Gary Pendry came back in, yeah, um, which left me without a, a role at the club. Um, so I went back um, without having a club. Uh, I I went back to Coventry City. Then I um, I ran the community scheme at Coventry City. Yeah. From 1991 to 1999, and then I embarked on my first managerial post. Yes, yes, because you was a manager for a while, weren't you, Barry? Yeah, I went to Aberystwyth Town in the League of Wales, so you can only manage at the club that will give you the opportunity. Of course, of course. Um, 
and I'd like to think that I was successful there because in in uh, in my when I first went, I was still working at Coventry. Yeah. And we actually finished second in the table and qualified for Europe. Right. Um, in the Intertoto Cup. Yeah. Remember yeah. that one? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, we actually qualified for that to play against a team called Floriana from Malta. Yeah. We had a little bit of a contact there, funny enough as well, because um, Alan Sunderland was living out in Malta at yes, that particular yes, time. Yeah. Um, so I asked him to go and watch them play. And anyway, when we went over there, I said, you got the rundown on that team. He'd only, he'd only been to see the wrong team. Oh. So I didn't have anything on Florian. <laughs> oh no! How did you get on? We got beat over the two legs, three two. Right, so it was close. Um, and and the winners would have played West Ham. <sighs> we were very close. Um, probably giving a bit too much respect, to be fair. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I. I having got there and finished second in the league and got into Europe, uh, Aberystwyth prized me away from Coventry by giving me a five-year contract um, down in Aberystwyth. So I moved down there, but after two years, um, I have to say that I was clawing the walls to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't enjoying it, um, and it wasn't for us. You know, yeah. me and my wife was down there. She was working about 70, 80 hours a week. Because um, it was not just running the football club, it was running um, a social club and a nightclub. Right. Um, so we were spending sort of so many hours at that football club, it was untrue. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, however, it was a great experience to, to be a, um, a, a manager yeah. of a football club. I came back here and I started teaching. Right. Um, in a college, I became uh, academy coach in the college, and then did some teaching on BTEC courses and what have you. And all of a sudden, the Hensford job came up. Yes. I thought, I'll apply for that. So I applied for it, and I went for an interview six o'clock one night. So I'm sat there in this room waiting to go into the interview. It wasn't with Mr. Steve Price, was he? Was he? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it the chairman Steve, I know Steve. Yeah, but this is this is prior to me going as manager. Right. So I'm I'm awaiting now. I'm waiting, and all of a sudden, who toddles down the stairs is Kenny Hibbert. I said, "You're right, Ken." He said, "All right, Paz, what are you doing here?" I said, "Well, probably a bit the same as what you're doing here." <laughs> So we were, <laughs> we'd apply for the same job. He said, I didn't realise you could coach. So anyway, long story short, they gave Kenny the job. I have a phone call. Baz, do you want to come along and be coach? Winner. Now that don't, that don't happen very often. Where you phone, uh, uh, I wouldn't say I've been big mates with Kenny. We were big mates with Kenny when we were playing, but yeah. you know we didn't sort of keep in contact. Yeah. Um, but obviously Kenny had experienced management uh, at Walsall yes, and yeah, yeah. Bristol, I think it was, yeah, right? yeah. somewhere like that. Um, so he gave me the full reins to do the coaching, and we got on great, but we couldn't get results. So we get called in one day. Um, by Mr. Price, 
and I walked out and off I went down the M6 and the next thing is Kenny's saps and what have you. Anyway, two managers after that, the job's up again. So I thought, I'm going to ring that job. <laughs> so I rang up and uh, long story short again, they gave me the job. So I went into that job and uh, again, couldn't get results, league results, but we yeah. got to the final of the FA Trophy. Yes, yes. Which is usually at Wembley. Yeah. But Wembley was closed due yeah. to it, you know, the refurb. Yeah. Um, so the final was at Villa. Right. And we played Canby Island, who were two leagues above us. Yeah. We were seven to one against to win. And we ended up winning 3-2. Wow. I mean, that's a huge achievement, Barry, because, listen, Hensford oh. is a great club. If you go down there now... I know it is. It's a great setup. Listen, they've got they've got that their setup. That's a league setup, but oh, it is. Yeah, it always has been. But if you haven't got the finances, it's a bit of a thankless task, and it is hard. And look, Steve Price has put a lot of money into that club, as you know. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know they've craved success, and they was on the verge of the league a few years back, and it's such a shame. But listen, you know, as a manager, your hands are tied because you have got to spend money, and sometimes at that level, the money's not there, is it? No, no, you need obviously sponsors and yes. what have you, and you need supporters to come in. Yeah. Supporters can act as uh, key workers at times, you know, getting the pitch ready. I've seen that many a time at Hensford where there's snow on the pitch, but the game needs to go ahead because of the finances. And they've come on and, and brushed the pitch off and dug, dug the snow off the, off the yeah. pitch. So, you know. It's it, it it's it's good for everybody to be involved with the, with the local football club, and that's what they're talking about now, aren't they? You know, in in terms of um, what's going on with the Premier yeah, League and, and the NFL League, support your own clubs, and that's important. And that's important. What I was going to uh, ask Barry as well, because I believe you've worked in nursing, haven't you as well? I have. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, so I've had various, I mean, I've spent 47 years in football, Yeah. Uh, 22 playing, 25 coaching, because I coached for the FA for a few years, yeah. delivering the the, the, um, the badges, um, and then all of a sudden my dad got taken ill and, and they told me that my role was surplus to requirements, mm. so I'm out of work, so I'm thinking, what do I do? Um, I went for an interview at the NHS and went into the, the NHS as a healthcare assistant yeah. at Warwick Hospital. Yeah. And it actually it opened my eyes into how lucky I've been um, throughout my footballing years because, yeah. by God, this was hard work. Right. I mean, I sat, I'd been there for about three or four months and I, uh, I sat outside having a drink one day with a mate of mine and he said, how's that new job yours going on, Buzz? I said, it's all right. I said, I'm enjoying it. I said, but crikey, it's hard work. He said, well, that's all right. You've done nothing for 47 years. Who needs that? He was probably right. He was probably right. But I, I, I spent three years as a... Um, a healthcare assistant at Warwick Hospital yeah. and I applied for another post within the hospital as an occupational therapy assistant right. which is really working with um, patients older patients in many cases uh, who are um, struggling at home and need the help at home not not by 
going in yourself and assisting them, but various things like um, they might need um, assistance to get up the stairs. So can, yes. can they have two rails put up? Or can they have an electric chair that takes them up the stairs? Or can they have um, uh, walking frames or electronic frame, electronic bikes now that they can get? So all that stuff that can yeah. assist them uh, at home in their latter years. And I'm telling you, I really enjoyed it. Um, um, I've come out of there now. I've, uh, and the reason I've come out, this was what they call a um, rotational post. Yes. It means you have to rotate through the dis different hospitals locally, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I was quite happy. I mean, I was aware it was a, a rotational post. Yeah. But I spent... They kept me there two years. Should only have kept me one, but they kept me two. Um, and I enjoyed it that much, but didn't want to rotate. So I said, look, I'm going to finish now. And I went back to become a healthcare assistant, but due to various uh, problems, I finished on the 21st of this month. And you are now a retired... Uh, I'm a retired... Uh, Ex-footballer, ex-manager, ex-coach, ex-everything. <laughs> ex I mean, Danny, what, what, an interesting point, and I always find this interesting, is what's the transition like, you know, because you've played in front of 97,000 at Wembley, you've played football all over the world, you've coached for the FA, you've got England under 23 caps. Um, yeah. you, you, you know, you got to Wembley with Wolves in that 88, which I want to talk about in a minute. And all of a sudden, there's a transition where you are, and there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, you're working in a hospital or you're working, how, you know, how difficult is it sometimes to, you know, to walk away from football into what is the real world and do a real job, which is hard? Yeah, it is hard. Um, that one especially, working in a hospital when you're working with, you know, patients that are not very well at all yeah. um that that is hard work uh n not just in terms of seeing them and seeing how you can help them but the actual hard work that you're doing in there and as i said i realize how lucky i've been now through my career but i have enjoyed it um and I, I, long story short again because i don't want to bore you with this hey, one that, you're, we, you're not boring man you're not boring anyway we went on a on a cruise in January. I always go away in January. Yeah. And I went on a cruise to celebrate my birthday, and uh, we were sort of asked every, everybody on the the cruise ship. But we, we'd gone to all the wrong places. We went to Hong Kong, um, Vietnam, uh, all those places that you know we might well have caught coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all coughing and spluttering on the way back. Great. I should have gone back to work on the 4th of February. I went to see the doctor on the 2nd of February. Yeah, no problem, you can go back to work. I went back to work three days and they sort of sent me home because of my coughing and spluttering. Right. So I was tested then for coronavirus. Yeah. Um, which was negative. Right. But I had a lot of time off then with that coronavirus sort of flared one or two other problems that I've got right. and I ended up having four stroke five months off work yeah and I, if you look back it was during the lockdown yeah yeah um, you look back on that lockdown the weather was beautiful and, what have and I think ready. that turned the key I think that turned the key with me in terms of 
I'd have, I've had enough. I think I quite like this. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, and as I say, I've been off since. I do enjoy it. Um, I've got a dog. I walk the dog uh, four, four or five miles in the morning. Um, I do my own walk four or five miles. Usually the same walk as I walk the dog, but I can't. The, the good thing about it with him, I, I can't walk him when he's on a lead because right. he just pulls and pulls and pulls. He pulls the life out of you. So I have to leave him to get my walk done. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do lots of walking. Um, I do lots of cooking. Yeah. Which which I enjoy. Um, so lots of time off. I'm back into reading again. I'm doing lots of reading. So I'm fulfilling the time that uh, I, I'm sort of having, having off. Uh, and I'm enjoying it at this moment well, in time. That's not to say that I won't ever go back to work. Well, Barry, keep if keep I'm, enjoying it. Keep enjoying it. What one thing I was yeah. going to ask was. You know, out of you know, your abiding memory really, because there's there's two key points for me. There's obviously winning the league cup in in the 1974, but also coming back um, to Wolves and getting to Wembley again as part of the coaching team when they lifted the Sherpa Van Trophy. I mean, yeah. Barry, that must have been an amazing day. There's 80,000 people in the stadium. You know, the pride yeah. has finally yeah. been restored. To, to, to our club. I mean, what was that day like and what is your abiding memory of your time at Wolves? OK, there's lots of different questions in there. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, sorry, um, the, the first one is then... Wolves, the, Wolves the versus... Uh, Burnley, yeah. Burnley, I mean, what a day. An old club of mine. Yeah. Which is an old club of mine. Oh, yes, of course. It was 84, um, 85, of course, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a fantastic day. Um... I, for one, I didn't tell the players this, but I thought we would win that game, although it proved a lot more difficult than what I thought yeah. it would. I thought we had enough ammunition um, with Bull, Much, yeah. Denison. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah, I thought we'd got enough there because we had got a good side. Yeah. But it was it was fantastic in terms of um, the way they applied themselves and to see them, how nervous. I'll tell you what I did on that game. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a, I was going to mention this to you earlier on. Yeah. I'm a bit of one for, you know, I've man, I've, I've played for England. You, you hear a national anthem. Yeah. yeah. I've took Aberystwyth to Europe. You hear a national anthem, a different yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I've been to America playing. You hear a national anthem, a different one. You know, but when you're playing, you don't hear them. So when we went back to the Sherpa Van final, um, I said to Graham, Graham, do you mind if I walk up the tunnel a little bit earlier to listen to um, the music? Oh, wow. Uh, and I did. And I walked up and I stood there in tears. Oh. Even to this day, I can remember it. Amazing. Um, you know, and I... I I'm sort of nostalgic is that the word that's I'm a, looking that's for? A perfect is, word. You know, it, um, so it was fantastic. That the players enjoyed it. We had a great night. Um, when we came back to uh, Molyneux, it reminded me, obviously, of coming back when we came back in 1974. Yeah. When there was we had a, an open top bus and. Uh, all the supporters and that were on the roofs and everything coming along the Cannock Road. I was one of them. Amazing. It, oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, 
two fantastic occasions. Uh, playing side of it, I don't think you see anything other than the game. Yeah, you can't experience the crowd. You don't hear the crowd in many cases, and I think that's what made me, you know, walk out the tunnel at the, at the Sherpa van yeah. to sample the atmosphere of yeah. what was available because, you know, there's not many Sherpa vans that you'll get 80,000, 90,000 no. people at. No, not for lower league football, a, no. It was a great atmosphere uh, and great to be part of a Wolverhampton setup on the managerial front. Yes. So with that note, Nuno, good luck. Yeah, good, good <laughs> luck. And Barry, if there's one memory from your time at Wolves that you look back on and it always brings a smile to your face, um, you know, whether it be a coach or a manager or a player, sorry, um, what, 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 what is that memory? Sitting in the first team dressing room when I was an apprentice professional and my coach at that particular time coming up and telling me to get the hell out of that dressing room, I shouldn't be in there. <laughs> wow. And, 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 That's... and history was made. Sorry, this was made, yeah. It certainly was, Barry. Well, Barry, it's been so interesting having you on today. Like I said, you are one that the supporters and listeners have been looking forward to because of of various roles with the club over the years and your two spells. So, Barry, thank you for for joining me on the Wolf Whistle today. Thank you uh, for representing our club and winning a trophy. And also, good luck in your retirement, my friend, because you deserve it. Thank you. Tom, I got on the golf course again as well. It is. Get that handicap down, Barry. Thank you, mate. (laughs) Cheers, mate.